saw him take it from you at gunpoint. Gunpoint? <laughs> Holy ashtray, he did tip us off. <laughs> there were three men in a boat with four cigarettes and no matches. How did they manage to smoke? They threw one cigarette overboard and made the boat a cigarette lighter. You saw him giving me a light as I handed back his cross. Out riddled. I thought you might be, Batman. That's why I brought witnesses with cameras. Oh, what is it that no man wants to have, yet no man wants to lose? A lawsuit. Correct, boy wonder. <laughs> Yes, how can you get better than that laugh? Hmm? How can you get better than it? That was the great Frank Gorshin on classic Batman. Adam West and Burt Ward from the 60s. And this is Will, your sci-fi guy, in the year 2022. And we're coming at you live. Well, recorded by the time you get it, but we are live. I think I'm live. Anyway... Welcome, welcome to Sci-Fi Guy, and we're going to be talking about the biggest stars of Star Trek, the stars of Star Trek, and there are many. There are, there are perhaps there are too many, but the one we're starting off with is, of course, Frank Gorshin, and Frank was in Let This Be Your Last Battlefield, or excuse me, Let That Be Your Last Battlefield, and that was from season three of the original series. Now, Frank had an amazing career, actually. Um, he might not have been a, a complete household name or superstar, but he was incredibly respected in Hollywood, and the fans loved him. This is from his official wiki. Uh, he was an American character actor, impressionist, and comedian, right? especially impressionist. He was one of the best. He made many, many guest appearances on The Ed Sullivan Show and The Tonight Show starring Steve Allen. As an actor, he played the Riddler on the live-action TV series Batman and was nominated for an Emmy Award for the performance. I can't believe he didn't win. That is a crime. Um, that's incredible that he never won. At least he was nominated. And once again, he was in Star Trek, uh, one of the better better episodes, one of the, uh, the most memorable. This was the, again, Let That Be Your Last Battlefield. It is the 15th episode of the third season of original American sci-fi TV show, Star Trek. And in this episode, the Enterprise encounters two survivors of a war-torn planet, each half black and half white, each committed to destroying each other. So, of course, it's dealing with racism and the idea of, you know, racial purity back and forth, who has the upper hand, who is the, you know, the, uh, the race that should control. And it's just, and they can't get along. And they they keep getting you know decades or centuries of war. Um, this is interesting. Although Gene Roddenberry liked it, it was initially rejected by NBC. I guess the script, the look of the aliens, Belli and Loki, was decided only a week before filming, based on a offhand comment by the director Judd Taylor. The half white and half black makeup led to criticism of, of the episode as being heavy handed. 
So I guess a little bit too on the nose and obvious. Um, this is really interesting too. It is the significant in the Star Trek universe for the first appearance of a self-destruct system as opposed to an improve, improvised self-destructed self-destruction process. It did not originate. It did not originate the concept which appeared previously in the film Forbidden Planet, but the self-destruct system has appeared as a plot device in many subsequent Star Trek stories. Very true. So again, if you haven't seen it, I'm sure as a Star Trek fan you have. You can it, glory and uh, you know the glorious Frank Gorshin, and um, the other actor too. I guess everyone kind of forgets that's Lou Antonio who plays Loki. Frank Gorshin plays. Um, Commissioner Belli. It's interesting. I just looked up uh, Lou. He's still alive. Uh, Lou Antonio, who plays Loki, he is 89. God bless him. He's got two kids, and he's um, he was married. She's, she's deceased. But, uh, yeah, Lou's still around. And uh, he's retired, of course. But that's great. He's still around. But um, both great performances, awesome and memorable. And I think that's, of course, one of the, uh, the great, you know, um, sort of elements and, and advantages to an episode like this, because you could say, Oh, you know, the ra racial stuff, the actual story, what have you. But in terms of the actual, um, you know, performances, you can't get much better in, in many of these episodes. They were just wonderful. So now let's go on to, uh, Vic Tabak, great actor, best known as Mel from, Alice from TV sitcom Alice. He was actually in the feature film that inspired it. Um, Alice doesn't live here anymore. And he plays, of course, Mel, the diner owner, having to handle the flow with kiss my grits. Kiss my grits, Mel. <laughs> she says it actually in the pilot. I, I bought the pilot the other day. I love the show. And I had a, you know, because the pilot is, is pretty much the same show, but the, there's a different Tommy. They fired the kid that played Tommy and they fired this Philip McKean. Anyway, so she says it like within the first five minutes, Flo. Kiss my grits, Mel. So awesome stuff. And Vic was in Piece of the Action. That's the gangster episode uh, where the whole alien society um, is, is, uh, is formulated and sort of formed around, um, uh, you know, uh, mobsters from like the 30s. I'm from Earth because an away team left, I guess, a gangster novel or something. And they just uh, went to town and emulated it. Um, great episode, of course. William Wyndham in The Doomsday Machine. Um, awesome actor. Awesome uh, episode. It's, of course, the... Uh, the, the machine, the alien machine that's destroying everything, its path. You know, nothing can stop it. But, of course, Kirk manages a way. Kirk uh, and crew manage a way to destroy it. And uh, Wyndham has been in so many movies, TV shows. A buddy of mine, Eddie, a, a little shout-out. Uh, uh, my buddy, Eddie, has a great story of how, whenever he sees the episode, he sort of uh, looks at Wyndham as someone who's, who's sort of constipated the op opposite, so... That's uh, that's definitely uh, definitely a memorable uh, reference, Eddie. Thanks for that. Um, and finally, in the original series, I mean, there's so many, but I'm trying to pick you know several from each uh, incarnation of Trek. Is of course uh, Melvin Belli, the 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 internationally known uh, lawyer um, from the episode "The Children Shall Lead." And you know what can you say? I mean, this is this was a guy, and I guess specifically the '60s and '70s, that was one of the you know. The, the better and well-known and famous attorneys. And then he was, uh, I guess, Gene Roddenberry. I think Gene Roddenberry was a friend or, or one of the producers as well and just said, bring on Melvin or whatever. And uh, he did a he did a guest and he was the the Gorgon, the, sort of the, the evil alien angel, which is really a trip. Okay, we go to the next generation. We have Ashley Judd of The Game, which became sort of a, 
not so much maybe a true girlfriend of Wesley, but sort sort of a flirt. And certainly, they uh, you know they shared some great scenes together in the game, if you recall, and um, it was good stuff. And she obviously became a bit of a superstar. No, uh, you know, no uh, debating there. And then Gene Simmons, the great British actress, um, who's been so many movies, such a great career. She was in Next Generation's The Drumhead. And she pr- played, I believe the name was Admiral Satie, the sort of witch hunter. You know, she she fa- found conspiracies around every corner. And um, Picard had to sort of, uh, you know, take her on. And he did. And he pretty much won. It's just a fantastic performance. One of one of the best of Next Generation or all of Star Trek. I watched that episode, and again, the plot, the writing, every. But you know, Gene Simmons is just electric, amazing, and of course, you know, Stephen Hawking. Here we go. Mostly known and 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 agreed upon as one of the most brilliant minds, one of the most uh, you know br- brilliant uh, scientists in history. The theoretical physicist, uh, astrophysicist, Stephen Hawking, Next Generation, of the episode Descent. And, of course, he was, you know, realized as a holograph, uh, holographic character on the holodeck, playing, uh, uh, was it, playing poker with Data and, I believe, Albert Einstein and Isaac Newton. And it was Stephen Hawking himself. He came on and came on the set and a lot, and he did it, which is just amazing. You know, I mean, Next Gen boasts a lot of big stars, but to to, to brag about having one of the smartest men in history and one of the most influential scientists in history, Star Trek has it. Star Wars, Star Wars doesn't have it, no, but Star Trek does. So. And finally, I would be really remiss and irresponsible if I didn't mention Paul Servino uh, from my episode, Homeward. And Paul, of course, resume is speaks for itself. Um, he, American actor, he was, he's an opera singer, a businessman, writer, and sculptor. And Goodfellas, of course, one of the greatest gangster movies of all time. He was in A Touch of Class, Reds, The Rocketeer, Nixon, Romeo and Juliet. And, of course, he's the dad of Mira Sorvino and Michael Sorvino. I didn't know he had an actor son, I guess. Yeah, he's an actor and producer, uh, Michael. So, um, obviously, a man close to my heart. I was thrilled when I learned Paul would take the role of, of, as Worf's forced brother. And uh, it's just a highlight. I mean, you know, when I when I sold the script and it, when it was finished, and again, knowing Sorvino, I was like, I can't be more thrilled. So that was a real treat. So let's go on over to Deep Space Nine. We could do this all day. It is fun. And uh, right off the bat, even though he had um, he had acted in Next Generation beforehead in a great episode called The Hunted. Um, as a commissioner of a, of, of a you know, colony or a planet, rather. rather. Um, this is James Cromwell from Starship Down. And this, he plays an alien that Quark negotiates with whatever, with the Dominion. And he's sort of, I guess, um, a uh, go-between or negotiator or another planet uh, politician or leader that is um, businessman, I think, whatever, that is dealing with the Dominion. And he's sort of, you know, is dealing with Quark and such. And I thought that was cool because he's always buried in that makeup Whereas the next gen in the hunted, of course, you see him outright. Then he, I think he was in, yeah, he was in another next gen episode with a lot of latex makeup, and also in Deep Space Nine. So, what what can you say about James Cromwell? An amazing career. I remember him earliest as a kid in All in the Family, and he played Archie's, I guess, uh, coworker Stretch Cunningham. I think he was a cabbie, and or, or worked at the plan or something. And he really tall, skinny guy, and, and such a good actor. Put on such a great Queens New York accent. 
great stuff. All right, Vanessa Williams from Deep Space Nine. Uh, the episode was is Let He Who Is Without Sin. And she, again, she needs no introduction. Vanessa Williams, one of the, uh, uh, I guess, probably one of the most famous um, Miss Americas or ex-Miss Americas. She had the scandal with the, you know, the Playboy, uh, you know, centerfold, whatever. Um, but she is a great singer, uh, excellent actress, and highlight of, of Deep Space Nine. Okay, how about Iggy Pop? Iggy Pop was in Deep Space Nine. He's professionally known as Iggy Pop. He was born James Newell Osterberg Jr. And he's designated as the godfather of punk. That's how influential he is in terms of early punk days, which was formed in, I guess, in, in the early 60s or mid-60s. He had a great uh, friendship and personal uh, and professional collaboration with David Bowie over the years. And you're talking about one of the most, most uh, you know, influential punk and rockers in history. Um, and he was in Deep Space Nine. I, I think he was a pretty big uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine fan. Is rather he's still with us. Um, he is seventy four years old, and it's a great episode. It's called the Magnificent Ferengi, and Cork and, and Nog and Rom and I think what is it uh, Brunt? They all have to sort of they have to get back Moogie, the mom because she was uh, she was kidnapped by I guess by the Jem'Hadar and the and the, and the uh, Vorda. And blah, 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 they got to get this, you know, yeah, Vorta sort of exchange. It's, it's, it's wacky, wild, and, and, and really amazing. And Iggy plays a great uh, a Vorta. He plays a Vorta. Awesome stuff. All righty. We go on to Voyager. And this is one of my favorite episodes. Um, it's one of those episodes that I would watch again and again. And this is with um, Laura Petty. Great Laura Petty. She was in, of course, A League of Their Own. Um, one of my favorite films of all time is Point Break with uh, the great Keanu Reeves, Patrick Swayze. And she's in uh, Voyager. It's called Gravity. And it is uh, a, a great Tuvok episode, a great focused Tuvok episode. And uh, Tuvok finds himself, in, I believe, in Paris in a, uh, um, you know, they crash land. So they have to survive. And Laurie plays a, um, a, a woman called Nas, and she helps them and pretty much falls in love with Tuvok. It's a really great episode. I, it's one of the best, one of the, one of the, uh, one of the jewels of uh, a Voyager. It's awesome. And okay, moving on to Sarah Silverman, of course, uh, one of the, the best well-known comedians. And she was in a Voyager called Future's End. A two-parter. What's really interesting, it's pretty sure, yeah, Sarah was approached by the producers to to come on the you know the ship to be a permanent you know uh, a permanent member, and she turned them down. And they you know they, they were just going to bring her on, and she was going to be one of the one of the crew. And she, she Silverman turned it down. It would have been really fun, but it's one of my favorite episodes uh, with Ed Begley Jr. And you know they go back in time, and you know he's got the the tech from the future, awesome stuff. And let's go to, again, one of my favorite episodes. I guess, you know, when they get these big, big guest stars, they give them really good scripts because they know, you know, they're going to be showcased. Let them get, you know, give them a good story. Uh, this is, of course, Jason Alexander, best known as George Costanza from Seinfeld, and it's in an episode called Think Tank Voyager. And again, one of the best, um, the crew deal with a think tank to solve problems and, you know, get this alien race off their tail. And then not to spoil if you haven't seen it, but 
you know, wildness and wackiness and, um, you know, uh, ensues and you'll see the comeuppance and, you know, people get their just desserts and poetic justice. It's a wonderful one. And so finally, to round it out, can we uh, uh, not include one of the biggest, if not the biggest box office star in the world right now, and that's Dwayne The Rock Johnson. He was in Voyager, um, one of his earliest roles. Quickly, one of the biggest stars of all time, his films have grossed over $3.5 billion in, in America, North America alone, and over $10.5 billion worldwide, making him one of the world's highest grossing and highest paid actors. He's only 49, and um, he's still going strong. And one of his earliest, uh, one of his earliest uh, performances and roles was in Voyager. In 2016 and 2019, he was named uh, by Time as one of the world's most influential people. So we're talking about some amazing stuff. He's one of my favorites. He's probably one of yours. Uh, just J- Jumanji, the new, you know, sort of the redo. I thought it was, I, yeah, let me take a chance. He's in it. Awesome. Great stuff. Probably the only thing I didn't like when he was Scorpion King. I mean, he was fine in it, but it wasn't the, the greatest movie. So there you have it. I mean, you know, you can't get much bigger. And, and his episode was with Jerry Ryan. He, Of course, he played a wrestler, you know, uh, with Jerry. And I think Jerry said, I think Jerry Ryan's on record saying something, not that she really got hurt, but she was kind of bruised. or It was it was a very physical role, obviously, even though I'm sure he took it, uh, took it easy on her. So good stuff. So the stars of Star Trek are bright and brilliant, and they are all around us. Guys, I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank you for all the comments. You keep on giving great comic comments and messages and emails and feedback, and it's awesome. Live long and prosper. Subscribe if you can, if you haven't yet. We'll see you soon.